Ni hao, punters. <laughs> Had to spice up the intro a little because it, it is finals time. We are, regular season is done. Nothing matters anymore. No, nah, it's all... Absolutely nothing matters. I'm here, as usual, with the co-host, Pistol Pete Hawley. The other guy that I've been referred to numerous times, but for our audio listeners who might not see, you are dressed head-to-head in what? Well, Sydney Kings gear, of Sydney course. Sydney Kings hat. You got a number twenty-two Sydney Kings jersey and the matching shorts. Have in- I not been? Have I not been pro Sydney Kings all year? No, no one has brought that to my awareness that I have not been pro Sydney Kings all year. Well, this should do it. You'd think. No, there's there'll be someone. I don't know who. I, I have no <laughs> idea who I could pin, pinpoint it on, but someone will find a way to complain. Surely, it's a nice little colour scheme you got. It's my college colours, I must say, but. This is the first time I've ever heard you reference the Kings, and you're doing it graphically. Oh, you are playing devil's advocate here, Pete. <laughs> but no, this is what I wear around the house. This is just one of my my love for the Kings. Of course, I have every jersey all the way back to when the, the club was started. That, that would actually be pretty elite. And that's probably not the most bullshit that's going to get spoken on this podcast <laughs> today. So let's jump straight into it. We'll start off with it. Melbourne taking on the Sydney Kings. Now, it might seem stupid considering what I'm wearing, but I'm going with Melbourne. In the series. I'm going with Melbourne in the series. I'm going a very questionable. I'm going with Melbourne in game one hesitantly. I think that they win game two and I'll back them and the pressure's all on Sydney. But I don't know. I'm going to get, you may as well, if you're going to swing, you may as well hit it. So I am going with Melbourne to win game one. It's going to be a huge, like, as you said, the regular season's done. So whatever happened, you can throw it. As long as you won one game against the other team in the regular season. Yeah, we're setting the bar real low. So it's, yeah. So right now, it, it's all out. And Melbourne's had a lineup change since getting thrashed by the Sydney Kings. They got thrashed a couple of times. With Shaley now comfortable in the starting spot, it's going to be a different start for Casper to have to deal with because he's going to have Shaley all over him. Whereas when they had Mello Trimble start on him, it was Mello and him as just who could score more at the time. So then you're going to have Mello come in against Sean Bruce and then guarding. So you're guarding different players. Sean Bruce was guarding Shaili for a while. So that dynamic as a start is going to change the way this series plays out. Well, we can talk matchups all we want. But at the end of the day, I think Sydney match up a lot better with Melbourne. So Sydney will be coming into this game happy they're playing Melbourne. For I sure. They're a far oh, better team. For sure. But there is just something, you know, you get that weird feeling. And a lot of Sydney fans will be hoping I'm wrong here. But I just get the feeling this week off, which we're going to touch on later, whether it's right or wrong thing to do, but I think this week off helps Melbourne United far more than it does the Sydney Kings. The Sydney Kings have built themselves on consistency. Week in, week out, they're in a perfect little schedule. Right now, this week off, and it happens in the AFL all the time, when teams get a week off after the, uh, before the prelim final. Sometimes it can just throw off the headspace you're so used to getting. It looks like Will Weaver has this team in a perfect routine. Well, he's back. He's back now, right? He would be back training with them this week, or the boomers still. Yeah, he's back. He's back. Yeah, he, so he missed that week. He's of, back, and of yeah. course, uh, going into those games, you cannot blame Will Weaver. I think that not that coaching was anything to do with that loss to New Zealand. Yeah, I just think Will Weaver's mind, as it should be, would have been on the Kings. Those games virtually meant nothing, and we can't read into Will Weaver's ability with the boomers on no, those games. I've no, said it time on. and time again. I think Will Weaver should be the head coach instead of Brett Brown right now. Well, that's food. that's a juicy little topic. We're not talking about that. I I like that. But yeah, again, it. I digress. You digress. <laughs> As I do but the, most I mean, times. the matchup we've all you said there's matchups ever. The matchup everyone wants to see is Sean Long versus Andrew Bogut being able to play. I can't recall one of the games in their four matchups where they were both truly allowed to play. No, well, the refs have conspired against keeping them off court for as long as possible throughout all of their one-on-one but, matchups. And now well, talk- Andrew Bogut's got the better of Sean Long. Yeah. So now we talk about the finals where. Intensity magnified, energy, physicality, everything just heightened. So 
it's going to change dramatically how both teams play and, and what team's been there before, what players have been there and done that before. But that- A lot of Melbourne guys have been there and a lot of Melbourne guys have done that. A lot of Kings players haven't. And I'm not going to include Bogan into that because the guy's been to an NBA championship. Yeah. And you know what? That trumps the NBL stuff. If you can play in that pressure environment the way he did, like he did, you're not going to have any troubles in the NBL. I'm not worried there. But it's a couple of other guys just roaming around that group. They're lucky they've got Casper and Bogan on the front lines there who both have great experience in the finals of won championships. But otherwise, I don't know, Melbourne just go completely through the roster with a lot of championship-worthy guys. Well, I'd like to get your take on the X-Factors from both teams because both teams, are, it's going to come Illy. down. Shay Illy is the X-Factor because Casper Ware, I know I've just jumped the gun. Well, that was exactly there. what I was going to go Shea, with. <laughs> Shay Illy is the X-Factor and it's on the defensive end. Yeah, of course, offensively, they do need more point production, but Casper Ware can single-handedly beat Melbourne off his own back and it seems like he wants to do that every single time they match up. So Shaili for me is the one where if he can come out and even keep Casper to eighteen, yeah, then Melbourne stay with a chance under twenty. Like don't give him that thirty-five, well, thirty-six. Points you can give him, more. you can give him his, his whatever he's averaging thirty against Melbourne. But you have got to make him work for each of them, take bulk shots, take him out of what they want to play. But Shaili in the last couple of weeks since starting offensively, he's been a threat as well. He's been knocking down the three ball, he's shooting with confidence, he's attacking the rim. So he's you took his my X factor out of my mouth. So I'm going to start on the Sydney side as well. And I don't know if you can have so much of an X factor when he's been dominant in an all first team. But Deshaun Tate is... But he is. I, he I is. agree. I agree. Because you look at what he does, and he's going to be going against Dave Barlow. And teams go at Dave Barlow, try and get him in foul trouble to sit him down because you see in the last couple of games of the season when he shot the piss out of it and he kind of just catapulted Melbourne when they got stuck in a couple of those games, just took him to another level. So Deshaun Tate's ability to really attack him, put him on the back foot, get him in foul trouble is going to be huge. And that man's energy, the Kings feed off that man's energy. Oh, it's look. It, this one for me, uh, we can talk matchups, this matchups, that coaching differentials, all that sort of stuff. At the end of the day, I think the thing that helps Melbourne here is that week off. What they've needed the entire season is just to get away from the games, sit down for a week, two weeks, and work out what the fuck has been going on with that team. And I don't know whether they have. No, I'll tell you what they've been doing. They were boxing. Well, boxing, well, you better bring the fight <laughs> against the, the point, Kings. Yeah. And something Dean's done in the last two years and we, we did were there. It. We did it in the year that we and were there. there was MMA as well. Just yeah. different things. And it's something because it's a, it's a weird two-week break. We'll get to it. We'll touch the two-week break. But there's only so much basketball you can do because, as you said, no, you don't want to overkill. When you're not playing, it's, guys are anti. Well, here's the thing. And, and at this point, of the and here's the thing. Melbourne have so much room to improve. Whereas the Kings, have, and, and maybe they do. Look, look, I'm, I'm a big fan of the Kings in terms of what they do on court, <laughs> I would, as you can tell. Physically, for those for those, who, Kings. for those who skipped the start, he's in a full Sydney Kings get-up from hat. Have you got the shorts? I don't know if we can even get the shorts in camera at the moment. But just give us a little stand. I've got the whole. Give us a little model, oh, little guys. The full kit. Go. And it's not even... There we go. Some people wear the fake short, like the different... You're in the full get-up. Well, they say full kit wanker. So usually I just come here as a wanker and I've decided to add on the Fair full enough. kit this time. But no, it, Sydney, a week off, two weeks, maybe it helps them in a couple of injury departments, but they cannot get that much better as a basketball team because right now they are playing so well. Their ceiling, they've almost, Weaver's almost got this team hitting its ceiling, whereas Melbourne have underperformed so much that if they can fix their off-the-court locker room dramas, which is going to be very hard to do, then I see them with a chance to get it. And I just, I don't know what it is, but I get a feeling, and maybe I am just taking a swing for the rafters here. But I'm going with Melbourne for this game one because of that reason. I think it's going to be the most exciting finals matchup because of... Sure. But I think the week off is going to help a guy like Bogut 
be fresh, which is going to be huge for the Kings. We know when Bogues is healthy, he doesn't have to score necessarily, but his presence alone changes everything. So what's going to be exciting? What's your series pick? I've got... I'm not going to say Melbourne. Melbourne aren't going to sweep it. I reckon it's... It's It's a tough one because it's... I I I think that Melbourne get game one. And then it remains to be seen from there. I'm still taking Melbourne for the series. If I don't know get, who wins out of the next two. If they get game one, I've Melbourne got a feeling Sydney will get game two. Yeah, it's one of and those And then ones. you flip a coin in the that opposite one. to what I can imagine yeah. the NBL would want. Yeah, exactly. yeah, The home wins have long been a thing that the yeah. NBL seems to enjoy. So you're taking... I honestly... We'll go, stick to game one. Stick to game one. Who would be good? I think Sydney will get game one. Sydney I think game Sydney, one? they've played too well at home. But it doesn't rule, as you said, it doesn't rule Melbourne now. If they come back in Melbourne Arena... Do a number and then they go to game three. Game three changes everything. There's the thing, the pressure, all the pressure is on Kings yeah. and it's been brought a little bit by the social media presence of certain individuals saying, and, and rightly so, I'm not saying that's wrong to be tweeting that sort yeah. of stuff, but it brings it on. It's kind of like what Homicide does. Comes out here and it tweets up a storm and if it's wrong, they'll come at you and it, it builds up pressure, but it's a bit harder when it's Homicide, it doesn't really matter. <laughs> But no, anyway, there is another game taking place. A lot of our attention is going to be on first that Melbourne one. and Sydney. It's the first one. Too. Yeah. yeah. Perth versus Cairns. Now, long have people spoken this year about Cairns being a potential. Are they a championship threat? Is this just a miracle run? Are they a legitimate contender to take on Perth? Whereas the Perth Wildcats have just snuck through all year with just sort of maintaining a little bit of not the amount of talk of Melbourne, not the amount of talk of Sydney, even Cairns. They've still remained that sort of fourth fiddle in terms of media attention, that sort of stuff, which they seem to do every year, yet they have a fuckload of silverware to show off for it. How, I think it was a month ago, maybe six weeks, that I gave Perth the, the rings. Is that what we're doing? You just give teams rings, right? Well, it started you... with give the Kings the ring and nothing rhymes with Perth. With... Give Perth the no, girthy Perth. Just put that ring um, in there. But I don't. Yeah, it's kind of a danger matchup. I think the Perth are still definitely going to be contending for that championship. But I think it's a. They wouldn't have wanted Cairns in the first only because, as no, I said, you want Melbourne in the first round. You, in my opinion, you want you Melbourne want a team that hasn't beat you in Perth yet. Cairns went over there and smacked them. So Cairns know that mental side of it of winning in Perth is gone. Which is tough. You got to get over that. Teams haven't done that in the last past couple of years. So that hurdle's already gone for the Taipans. So you're going to have the defensive player of the year who's going at Bryce Cotton. I'm shutting down Bryce Cotton. So then you're going to have Mitch Norton, Many Damon men have Mung. tried. They have. But he's going to have a demo on Mitch Norton versus Scott Machado back on the other side of saying, we've got to shut down Scott Machado. Then you leave. It's the Cam Oliver versus Miles Plumley. It's going to, that's going to be extremely exciting. But I'm. I'm going to give Perth the edge just because you have to. You'd be a fool not to give Perth the edge, but not the matchup they wanted, I don't think. No, I, I think it's tough because Cairns is such a surprise packer. We saw Scott Machado in the talk that we gave before the, the MV pre-drinks, as we named it. As he was saying, they're the biggest trash-talking team in the league. They just don't care. Yeah, Like Cairns, they care is, on yeah, court Cairns. Yeah, yeah. They just don't care. They go out there, they have fun, they trash-talk. It's that sort of stuff that is always worrying in finals because you get down against a team like that. I just think that Perth have way too much experience to fall to a team that is kind of coming in there with a free hit in a way, which is tough to say on Cairns because they are a good enough basketball team to win the championship. But I just don't know whether they can get it done against the Wildcats matchup. Well, do you think them going 0-2, the way they went 0-2 to end the season it's bad. hurts? bad. It's going to hurt them. It's, it's bad. You can't, and it wasn't just – and a lot of people said, like, oh, it was, it was rigged so Melbourne could get in the finals that first game. They threw, like, 19 turnovers. I think it was 42 turnovers over those final two yeah. games. That's shit. Well, teams are watching those videos and seeing, hey, say Cairns get up 10 early. Trev calls us high and said, let's do this. They're going to get rattled. Let's do stuff like that. So I think that definitely hurts them. 
Um, I think Perth are going to get game one just based on experience, and then it's going to be huge. Then I, I think this one goes home, home, home. I think it's a three-game series, but I think Perth home. convincingly win at home every game. I think the Taipans, the town, the city, the community rallies behind them in Cairns, and they get the win there. And it sets it up for that game three, but I just think, yeah, and the way that they showed that they dealt with that full-court pressure from Brisbane, which, as you can imagine by the scoreline, if you didn't watch the game, was not good. They were throwing that ball all over the gym. You can jump that and people say, oh, you can scout for it and prepare for it. It's very hard to scout. You can scout for it and prepare for it when it's happening all game. But it's that all of a sudden, bang, thrown in. All of a sudden, you've got Mirko as the primary ball handler. He's a really sort of, what's the word for it? Great player. Yeah. Great player. But he'll, he'll throw the risky pass. Yeah. Stuff like that. You've got guys in the backcourt where if Scott Machado, the ball's not in his hand, I'm not that confident that they're able to push it down and get into their offense as well as they do when it's in Machado's hand. And I think that that sort of got found out a little bit against Brisbane. Well, that's what Damian Martin's here for, and he's going to go to him and make every catch tough, and he's going to be a pest. And Damian Martin's done this for how many years? Too many. Forever. Nine times. What is it? Nine times defense? It's something absurd like that. Something insane. So, but anyway, for those two, so I'm going with Perth to win. One, one, one. I think you have to, and you'd be a fool to go anything else. But having said that... I love that we say this, yet I've tipped... You're a fool not to go with Perth, but yeah, I've tipped Melbourne against Sydney. But There's Perth- more reasoning for Melbourne because the ceiling just has been nowhere reached. But it's also what Perth have done consistently for the last decade. So it's like you you know they're going to be there. They have the experience. They have those guys that have home court advantage. Perth are going to do what Perth are going to do. And if it's if they don't, big credit to Cairns. And they're the one team that I think can shock them. If Perth fielded a team of dogs, I would probably still back them in this game. If it was an under-16 WA team, and it was under the Perth Wildcats banner in the jungle. Trevor Gleeson coaching. I'm probably still going to back him against any team they come up against. Well, that's I wouldn't, but that's yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if under 16 Maybe teams guarding Camel. That's why I'm sitting behind in the betting standings. <laughs> anyway, in play or out of bounds? Well, no, actually, first we'll jump to where though cuts loose because right. I know he's sitting over there in Bunbury just waiting to yell out his two cents. So we'll jump over there. What's happening, Wertho? G'day there, fellas. Now, a lot's been said about this break leading into the NBL finals. And with the break comes the FIBA window. The Boomers opting to go with a very young team full of kids that aren't in the playoffs this year. But the thing that caught my eye was the play of New Zealand's Ruben Tarangi. Now, Rubes has had a tough season. Just a year ago, he won the sixth man of the year, and he also won the most improved player. This season, we haven't seen a whole lot, if any of him, for majority of the season. Lost in the rotation of the bullets, I felt like Ruben got a shot of life getting back into that Tall Blacks uniform on the weekend. He was outstanding versus the Boomers and then carried on with a great game versus Guam. My question is, why hasn't he been playing? Now, it wasn't that long ago I asked why did he play in a game that they needed to win? Now I'm asking, why haven't we seen him the entire season? Now, the Brisbane Bullets messed around with their rotations, with their imports. They put Cam Glidden onto the bench. They brought Jason Kiddie off the bench. Uh, and they had a, a whole bunch of lineups this year. But surely a guy that can play like that on the international stage can bring some sort of value to their team. To me, it was a head-scratcher. I didn't know if Rube still had it. But obviously, the way that he played over this window, he's hungry. And the question is, where does he land? What's a good fit for him? I think he'd be great at the Cairns type ends. I think Illawarra would be crazy not to go after him as well. They struggled to have a four-man. For me, this guy is toughness. He can bring a little bit of an edge to a team. 
And everyone needs a glue guy, and I feel like he could be that glue guy coming off the bench. What's your guys' thoughts? I think Ruben Tarangi needs a new home in NBL 21, and I'd love to see more court time out of this still young rising superstar. Well, I love you, Wertho, but I have one term to describe this certain opinion. Knee-jerk. This is a knee-jerk reaction to a player having a couple of good games playing for his country against Hong Kong and at a D-League Australian team. We cannot register that as saying, oh, where was this during the season? And, and sort of like what seems as a bit of a subtle jab at Lamanis as to why weren't you playing him? Why wasn't he in the rotation? Because Ruben Tarangi sucked this year. He did not play anywhere towards his ability. The one thing I do agree with on that is that he needs to find a new home. Yeah. Because yes, he is a great player. He had a tough year. Cam Glidden had a tough year. He's still a great player. He just had an off year. We all have shit days. Not many have entirely shit seasons, but but they do. But the, his shit season, as you're saying, is magnified by who they brought in that could take concrete minutes. Like those minutes were then gone from him. He was never getting them back after a few well, bad games. Seven imports in his position right. as well. And then you have guys who who just come like rookie of the year, most improved. That you expect that maybe you have a couple of hiccups along the way, but you're going to have enough of an opportunity to work your way out of it. You, you just keep grinding to eventually get back into a rhythm. After he got shut down, it was almost like, well. You're not where you were last year, so you're done. And that's where I think I think 100% he came out with that little... He's playing in the Brisbane home venue, a Nissan Arena, in that yeah. game against the Well, they the all Burns. went off. So, even Sobey went off. But he, was, he knew exactly what he was doing. There would have been Brisbane fans there being like, damn, that's the Ruben we remember. I remember the year before, he was unbelievable. When he was the rookie, uh, most improved player in the league and best sixth man, he was huge for the Bullets. And I think he does need a new home. It's not going to be a Lawara. I can't see him going to Illawarra. No, I, I don't see that. Cairns, maybe. Mike Kelly's a guy who would love to have a guy like Ruben Trungi around, but I've got a feeling the Bullets will want to keep him. Yeah, well, I think the Bullets are going to know that this was just a bad season. It was a rough season. The positioning wasn't right. The players that they had in there just didn't mix with his position. If they don't have Singler Braun back, then, of course, there's going to be more room for Tarangi to play. And some- Every time we talk about Ruben, every time I hear his name, even when we said Rubes there, I just get hungry and think of those Ruben sandwiches. Ruben sandwiches. From America. Yeah, oh, I had one in Pittsburgh once. It was just fucking the best thing that's ever hit my mouth. <laughs> Digress. Which is saying something. <laughs> <laughs> but no, I think he's he needs that just refresher and hopefully playing for New Zealand did it for him because as you said, it looked like him and Shay Illy, watching Shay Illy play, he had the choice, I believe, and he said, look, I, I want to win. I want to have the chance for, for Perro's first game, Perro Cameron. I want to win this game for our country, and I want to lead that charge. And this man locking up full court, scoring, diving on loose balls. When he's Vico got would have been licking his lips up. watching that stuff. Like, that's the way you want people to represent your country. And shout out to all those guys for doing it. Rob Lowe as well, coming out hitting big shots. But Ruben and Shay really led the charge, and I thought uh, it was a great opportunity for both of them, who have had a lot of success playing for the uh, Tall Blacks as well. So big credit to him, but I think I think Brisbane keep him. It depends whether he wants to stay. Well, that's the thing. I, I think everyone has an undoubtable respect for Ruben Tarangi. When I say knee-jerk reaction on that comment and, and when I talk about Ruben Tarangi having a shit season, that's just the, the baseline facts when you compare it to his other years. Yeah, yeah. Do I think Ruben Tarangi is a great player? Yes. Do I think he's going to continue to have an unbelievable career? Yes. He had a little down season. Just like I think that Glidden is going to, whether he stays in Brisbane or whatever happens, they're both going to find their form again. Yeah. It was just, it seemed like a little... It was, Brisbane what just it was. didn't mix this year at right, all. Because the roster they brought in, once you had... Bad couple games, 
you didn't exist for a while because we had 15 other players who were filling that spot. So it was almost like, well, someone else will do your job while you're not instead of helping you work out of it. In play or out of bounds, Joey Wright. Oh, no. Actually, no. I've just completely just he said, just... given a big old F you to the rundown there. Because <laughs> <laughs> I just want to discuss that one no, so bad because I've got a heavy opinion well, on that. We've been talking about this one. But in play or out of bounds, the week off period between the regular season ending and the semifinals starting. Now let's, let's you start on. Well, this let's one. clarify. It's it's a week off, weekend off game, so it's basically two weeks before having another yeah. game. I'm going to take a different approach to what I think you're because I've seen you everyone having go on Twitter and stuff, and that's what you want. You want people to have the discussion with us. Get on Twitter, tweet us your questions. We'll hashtag trash talk trash SP. talk SP. My thing is, you look at the way America does it. You're not going to have the superstars playing everything, but they have a legit squad that they keep for the year and pick. I would like at the start of the season or before it all starts, maybe in June or before any FIBA game, pick a roster of 25 or something like that of like NBL players, maybe some college kids because you know who or high schools, you know who's going to be around and you have that and you have a a period where you can maybe have a camp or two before that and you pick 12 who are available at the time but it's the same squad the whole time. Until you have the big events. I'm sorry to break it to you here, Pete, but... I think of that squad of 25, there may have been two players available. So even if they had that squad, you still can't pick from it in that. No, but that's what I'm that. saying. Like, but you're not going to put guys like Chris Golding in that for like a FIBA Asia Cup, like as America do. So they, Golding's not in that squad of 25. No, no, that's what I'm, I'm saying. You don't put out like the big dogs in it. It's a FIBA Asia Cup. You do what America do and you put the guys who you want to compete in the FIBA Asia Cup you are, are certain guys... But you don't put the real big dogs. Yeah, in I, th- it. I think it's tough there because again, you don't know if Cairns are going to make the finals. Brisbane almost made it. I think it was I know at, it's hard with the finals. Thing, at yeah. the end of the day, this was just a shit timing for a FIBA event. So I can give the NBL some credit it's there. Been the last they, two years though, they did not time it like that. So last year was yeah. Last year was the FIBA yeah. event. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's right. So it's not on the NBL specifically. No. But I also think teams and players are more worried about their own teams. And I know this for a fact. They're more worried about their own teams heading into finals for sure. than they are with this sort of stuff. But I also hate the fact that you have to deny them opportunities to play for their country with that sort of stuff. Well, let's set the scene of two years ago when we won the championship with United. It had the same thing. There was a FIBA break, but guys went on it. So people from finals teams and went. And there was one team that shut everyone down. And it was Perth. Perth said, we're not sending anybody yeah. through. So then we're like, oh, okay. But everyone else went and played. I remember for the first week of United trainings leading up to, I think we are playing the breakers in the semis, and we had barely anyone training. We ended up having, yeah. the first week was just three on three and stuff, and we ended up having, I was actually asked to come down to that. Three, yeah, as yeah, a DP, I had, I jumped like, in. Felix, yeah. come back. <laughs> but that's what, and then, so the next year was, Lamana said, well, we're going to do it with any team that's in finals, we're not picking any of those players. So that's, this is the second year of the way it worked, but... Two years ago, it was whoever's available wants to put their hand up is going to play. Like, and if that's the case, that's if, how it if, was. if it's teams that make the finals, which it was, aren't going to go, then why the fuck are we waiting? Why are we waiting the week? Because what we do is if we don't wait this week, there is a prime slot where the NBL can fit in and not lose any momentum mixing it with the AFL preseason, the NRL starting, this sort of stuff. Because the attention gravitates over to there. Everyone in Australia either follows the AFL, and that's generalising, of course, but they follow heavily the AFL or the NRL. A lot more than they do the NBL. So we do not want our grand final series, like what happened last time, when Game 5 rolled around, people were worried about Round 1 of the AFL. That was far more important 
than the game five of the finals. And it's not just in terms of we're always going to get people to the games. Yeah. It's the media exposure. This is our number one basketball league, one of the best leagues in the world. This needs to be front page of the sports page. What's happening during that grand final series? Because we have it that week later and we take this week off, we run into that media space where the media is always, and as they should, going to go with the AFL stories over and we might just get a little side page section. The big positive is two years ago, sorry, when it, when it happened, keep bringing up the past, but you have to do that. The the final series went Friday Sunday week Friday Sunday Saturday stupid but now it's not like now it's all condensed so now yeah. it's way quicker it's over in a flash run it through a week because I'll tell you what if it's in Perth you could run that thing on five consecutive yeah. days and run five games there they are turning up but this is a big I think it does help because obviously the state of origin AFL this Friday that would have been a massive clash for the for the game one oh it is. Already. Oh, it's 9.30, the game. That's okay. Yeah, and, and at the end of the day, a, a state of origin clash like that, yeah, people are going to be watching it, but it's, it's not a huge deal. Yeah. It's not like a round one, balls are on the line, games matter AFL, but then you'd have which to... dwarfs the media landscape. So do you have to bring the NBL season starting a bit earlier? Yeah, move yeah. everything you have to move just to make sure we have... Because I would rather have the NBL grand final series on now when there's nothing on. There was... We're literally worrying about... The Australian cricket team, the Australian women's cricket team playing Thailand. Like, and that's not an offense to the Australian women's cricket team. No, they're, they're elite. One of the, they're, they're elite. At least Perry is one of the best yeah, athletes we have who isn't playing in this series, but playing against Thailand. How the fuck does Thailand even have a cricket team? Okay, that's. Yeah, you love getting off. Love getting off. I know what you but mean. That's on, yeah. That's the sort of thing but that the sporting world have... is focusing on at the moment when it could be the NBL. It's a prime area where we need to just grab it and say. There's nothing else on. This is the NBL. Well, you're going to have these problems when you have the fever windows. Two years ago, once again, there was two of them. And there was one in the middle of the oh, early start of half of the season and the one at the end. So it's going to be harder. Obviously, America has a bigger talent pool to be able to have that second team as well. Uh, but it's going to be interesting. I've, I've heard all these talks years down the track. Dean Vickman said it. He wants to get like a, an in-season like tournament of the European, all that kind of stuff. I don't know if Push it will happen. Push further back. But so we end, to... we end up playing the grand final in round three of the AFL and no one even knows what's going on. <laughs> I hate it. I hate it. I hate it. And it's time to get into hot and cold. And the one that I just gave a little teaser to earlier, hot or cold, Joey Wright, a no-show to the Adelaide Awards dinner. You want to give the backstory on this? Yeah, I'll give the backstory. Joey Wright <laughs> didn't show up to the Adelaide Awards dinner. Why would no. he? Why would he? Again, I think it, I think it's hot. Yeah, why I think would it's he? Hot. Well, it's a bit of a weird one to say. Whether it's yeah, hot I wasn't cold, sure but, which way you wanted to but, go. But uh, I do. I, I set you up with those so many times where it's not really hot. Yeah. It's more of a yes or no answer. Yeah, I like. I mean, he's already there's already been all the media stuff that he's not coming back, and you heard the stories of how they ended and, with, and the players and all this kind of stuff versus Joey. Then fair enough. What does he have to? Well, if none of for? the players want to come back, then I don't blame the coach either because that thing just imploded. And I'll tell you what, yeah. it imploded for a good reason because Adelaide needs a fresh start. Their yeah. fans need a fresh start. There's been this weird sort of tension between them and Joey Wright and Mm -hmm. them and a few other players on the team for so long I'm excited for the fresh start but my god do it right even if you get Bevo in there like I rate Bevo highly as a coach I'd love to see him back in the league but you need to make the right coaching decision and you need to make the right player personnel. That's where decisions. I was going first, right? Which make is a pretty right... broad generalization. Now. <laughs> That's make the right decision. Make the right player choice and put the right players around the right coach. That's how you see Bogut, Will Weaver. Hang on, they work well together. <laughs> Surprise. Bryce, Damo, and Trev Gleason. Surprise. Eric Griffin, Joey. Well, yeah, I don't know. They, it just didn't work. No, nah, it didn't it work. It didn't work this season. It blew up, and all the best, Joey Wright. I've heard confirmed from one Ooh. source that he will not be coming back. So oh, yeah, still no, that we talk. know. Well, that proves it. Well, there's still that talk whether it's like, oh, is he planning for a buyout or what's happened? But I think Joey Wright is just sick of it. 
Yeah. And Adelaide and, and wants to move on. Good on him. He's been a fantastic coach in this He'll league. Get one of the best of someone. all the time. Yeah. He's a 500 gamer, man. Yeah. I think we, because he cops a lot of stuff. Because you got to remember that Adelaide market is tough because those fans are so passionate. Yeah, he cops a lot of it because you see, as we've said before, certain guys thrive on the way he coaches, certain guys fold. You got to surround the head coach with players who are going to thrive in his environment. He's not going to change. After 450 games, he's not going to change his yeah. life. I, symp- I sympathise with yeah. the ownership and the, yeah. and the management at Adelaide because their fans demand championship success yeah. with a non-real sort of championship budget, which is saying something because Cairns have still made their way in this year. But but it is very hard to compete at, at times. Hot or cold, if you love verbal diarrhoea, then this one's for you. Lavar Ball comes out yes. and says that Leangelo Ball could have been signed by the Hawks if they didn't sign Hobson. He, well, no, that's not what he said. He said he went, he told them. He, he said, told them, if you want to win. That's the most bullshit I've ever heard in my life. You're telling me that you've got one son, Lamello Ball, who they couldn't win. They sucked with him in the lineup. They sucked. So bring the much worse son into the team and all of a sudden now they're going to win? That is delusional. You know what's funny about this is, so this obviously happened when Aaron Brooks got hurt and Lamello was, was he hurt, injured at the time a little bit maybe? Uh, I think he was prepping his draft stock. I think that's what, but that's what I'm saying. So had they done that, Lamella might have come back to finish the year. You might have wanted to well, keep in that, playing. In that sense, financially, maybe it was the right move. But yeah, but and then he, some of his other quotes were, and then the people got worried that, oh, the Ball brothers only want to pass to each other. That was never going to happen. Yeah, that was most likely definitely going to happen. You that saw... It happened because the, I'll tell you what, if I'm any other player on that team, I'm not passing the ball to Leangelo Ball. Oh, it's I'm very it to Tim Conrad. And, but the thing is, here now, I've, you've been the biggest fan of Darrington Hobson in the league. Oh, Would he God. have done more for the club as a whole instead of Darrington Hobson? But see here, he is, hindsight is a beautiful thing. It is, isn't it? They went out to get an import that they thought would be good. And, and two. Hobson, two imports. And you know what? It backfired. It didn't work. Yeah. That's usually what happens yeah. when you try to get it sort of last minute. The Hawks didn't want to go out and get anyone. They wanted to develop their young talent, give Matty Flynn that base where he can work next year. Because I cannot judge Matty Flynn as a coach on what happened this year because it was an absolute circus. They, and it appears it wasn't just a circus on court, it was a circus yeah, off court. Yeah, for sure. Well. But they put out a video of when Aaron Brooks went down of potential import signings. And a couple of those names, they would have been awesome to get as part of their group. But for him to come out and say, winning would have started again with Leangelo Ball, well... But I'll tell you what I will give you credit for, LeVar Ball... The only thing that he wanted from that comment was for people to be talking. And here we and are. you know what? Here us dumb fucks are <laughs> talking about it. So that works. But on the topic of the Mallow Ball, again, I, I just love digressing today. Where's this number one draft pick talk gone? Gone. It appears to gone. be radio you know where, silence. You know where it's gone? When Anthony Edwards <laughs> put that dude on a poster, <laughs> that's where it's gone. And for those who jump on this, I'm not knocking LaMelo Ball. He's a fantastic player. Is he going to have a great NBA career? I think he'll have a good NBA career. Yeah. But he is not the number one draft pick. <laughs> I've been saying it all year. He is not the number one draft pick. Show me a GM who is going to risk that number one pick on LaMelo Ball, and I'll show you a GM that will be out of a job in four years. You know, the big thing is... You want a guy who's consistently putting dudes on posters in the college basketball, playing well. It's a weak still draft playing. as well. Yeah. It's- or do you want people who've been sitting out injured? Cole Anthony's dropped out. Yeah. Of the top 10. Yeah, yeah, so. Well, he has he's barely been playing for North yeah. Carolina. He's getting back into it now. But that's what had happened. These things yeah. move. And I might look like an idiot. Maybe LaMelo Ball comes out and has an amazing draft workout and ends yeah. up number one. But I'll tell you what, his athletic assets don't work towards yeah. those draft workouts. There are guys in there, Wiseman... Anthony Edwards, where their physiques work to those draft workouts. Anthony Edwards is a beast. Absolute beast. Hot or cold, Harry Froling announcing his departure via Instagram. You found this. Yeah, I found this. 
Because I just, I absolutely beat up the Instagram stories. Yep. I, thank God I set up. <laughs> <laughs> I, I browse in between the numerous Instagram models that I choose to follow. Yeah. I found Harry Froling's story up there with thanks for the, it was a picture of the airplane window. Thanks for the first, thanks for the first two years of my pro career, Adelaide, on to the next chapter. And no one really, maybe because people thought it was a foregone conclusion that he's leaving, mm. but nobody seems to have picked up on that, that he just thanked the Adelaide 36ers for the first two years and said, hashtag next chapter. He's gone. I'm really shocked that he's a window guy. You'd think of his size. It was an be- exit row. It was an exit row. It was oh, an obvious exit row. Okay, that's because you'd yeah. assume he'd probably be in the aisle. But yeah. Hot or cold, window exit. No, <laughs> we are not getting into yeah, that. Yeah, I think I... I was already a foregone conclusion, which is probably why people aren't talking about it enough. Um, but it, it, that's another one. There's a big free agency market coming up. We have to touch on that at some point as well, for sure. Yeah, well, we've got plenty of episodes to go. But anyway, let's jump into a bit of NBA action as well. Bickerstaff, new coach after John Beeline, of course, retired, whatever you're going to call it. I'm pretty sure it was one of those mutual decisions yeah. where he's going to step down. It just didn't work for him in the NBA. Fantastic college coach. Didn't work for him in the NBA. But the good news is Bickerstaff, Giving Exum a run. That's what you want. And the Cavs aren't contesting for a title. No. So that is a, that is a hot take, Pete. That give, is a hot take. There's give, plenty of season to go. Give the chance for these guys, especially guys you bring in late, to kind of flourish. So uh, if he's listening, <laughs> Delhi can have a bit of a run Keep as well. Keep doing it, yeah. If you're going to dish it Just, out to one Aussie, Aussie you Put a little it. Aussie backcourt to start. It would. It'd be great. Well, Ben Simmons as well coming with back problems. How does that impact the FIBA situation? Oh, I didn't even think and about I, that. And I've been a long-standing one. Do I, think ben is, do I think Ben is the best player that we have ever produced? Yes. Do I think that he is an elite player on the FIBA level? No. Just like Yana. Yeah. Ben could win six MVPs in the NBA in a row. And I would still say, oh, no, he's not an elite level until he has that jump shot. Because it doesn't affect him in the NBA, in my opinion. The jump shot does not affect him. He's still an elite level all-star player. Just like Giannis when he played for Greece. Everyone thought Greece were going to be a contender. They weren't because they packed the paint. The court's smaller. The three-point line's closer in. I just don't think it's as big of worry that everyone makes out for it with this back injury. If Ben somehow can't partake in the Olympics, which whether that's to fucking coronavirus at the moment, we're not sure because it could be <laughs> shut down due to that. We might not even have to worry. All our worries about boomer selection could be saved by the coronavirus. You're... Your digressions today have been. <laughs> I, have been I would love to see the uh, you yeah, know, like, like a heart rate track of, of you of staying on track. We started off in a Kings jersey and now we've ended up at coronavirus. But anyway, anyway, what's your what's your thought? No, I love it. Play play these young guys or play the guys who haven't been playing much. Just see where you get out of them. Play people who want to play or have something to play for. Maybe contracts, all that kind of stuff. As I said, they're not winning anything. So well, before I digress into topics that I can probably get fired for. Let's put your money where your mouth is right now. I'm going Melbourne and Perth to both win flat out multi, hundred bucks straight on it. Oh, I went just Perth on Friday night. I think that coward because Melbourne and Sydney coward. is going to be huge, and I think Perth do what they do first game. They take care of that one. All right. Well, that's all we got time for in this hat. I'll tell you what, Kings. It's a very nice fitting hat, and I've been enjoying this one. That's all we got time for this week. Thanks for tuning in. It's going to be a big weekend of games, and we will be back in these same seats next Tuesday, ready to wrap it all up.